0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Today, Easter Sunday, is all about that very truth and the celebration that our Savior is alive. Today is all about life. And today we see the difference that it makes to those who previously had been residing in death and darkness, those who felt as if they had no hope or future. But because Jesus is alive, we now reside in life and light, and we have been given a certain hope and a certain future. I'd like to start by talking about two people who are on either side of that divide, that distinction between life and death. And the first person is Peter. Just curious, is there anyone here whose name is Peter? No? No Peters? Okay, how many people, by show of hands, know someone who's named Peter? Yeah, so many of us do. It's a great name. Now, the second person we'll be talking about is Judas. By show of hands, how many people know someone named Judas? No? No one? Why is that? Why don't we name our children Judas? Now be careful how you answer that, because I'll warn you right up front that that question is kind of a trap. Many people say, well, Judas betrayed Jesus and Peter didn't, right? But that's not exactly true, is it? Yes, Judas is known as the betrayer, but Peter betrayed Jesus by denying him not once, not twice, but three times, just as Jesus had warned him he would do. In fact, when you think about it, there's not a lot of difference between the spiritual state of Peter and the spiritual state of Judas that Holy Thursday night leading into Good Friday morning. Or another difference that some people will give between Judas and Peter is that they'll say, well, Peter repented and Judas didn't. But that's not quite true either. Of course, we know when Peter, Peter, when he denies Jesus and he hears that rooster crow, Jesus' words come flooding back into his mind and, and he's realized instantly what he has done. And, and Matthew tells us he wept bitterly. And we, we say that those are tears of repentance, But exactly three verses after that in Matthew's gospel, we see Judas going to the chief priest and the elders, returning the 30 pieces of silver and saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And Matthew tells us that Judas had in fact changed his mind and he tries to do something about it. So if we say that Peter repented, well then so did Judas. What's the difference then? Well, it seems as far as Judas and Peter are concerned, in terms of what's different about them in and of themselves, it's actually quite hard to find a difference. Jeff Gibbs, an excellent biblical scholar and theologian, writes this. He says, Having pondered a number of responses and considered the texts myself, my answer to that question, what is the difference, is single and simple nothing. Nothing is different between Judas and Peter in and of themselves and yet we know that there's a difference in their stories don't we and as we said that difference it, it doesn't come from within them the difference comes from outside of them the difference has to do with the difference between death and life. It has to do with no hope for a future versus hope for a future. And it has to do with the place that each of these men turn in their deepest moment of despair, where they turn in order to receive forgiveness, where they turn in order to find their future. Judas goes to the religious leaders. It changes his mind, and he repents of his sin, and he places his guilt before the chief priest and the elders in hopes that he might find forgiveness from them. And ideally, they should have been able to point him in the right direction. That's a religious leader's job. That's a pastor's duty, is to help people who are convicted of their sin. But in what What? In what one author describes as the saddest words ever spoken to a sinner in all of scripture, the religious leaders tell Judas, What is that to us? See to it yourself. Judas, in his guilt and shame, was told to take care of his own sin. And for reasons that we can't really fully comprehend, And for reasons we don't know, it leaves Judas trapped with no future, stuck in despair, and stuck in death. Peter, on the other hand, remember, was no better than Judas. He too was lost in sin, in guilt and shame. He too was in despair, and he too had no sense of a future. But again, for reasons that we don't know and can't fully comprehend, Peter was preserved by God so that he might have the opportunity to turn, not to himself, but to the risen Lord. We heard in our gospel reading, the angels say to the terrified women, Do not be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. And it's Mark's gospel that adds, But go, tell the disciples and Peter. One wonders if Judas hadn't died Would the angel have said, go and tell the disciples and Peter and Judas. Either way, the disciples do go to Galilee as the angel instructed them. And there they meet their risen Lord face to face. and, And what Peter needed that day he received. It happened by the Sea of Galilee. The resurrected Jesus appears to the disciples as they're out fishing, and and he announces from the shore that it's him by telling them to cast their net on the other side of the boat, and they catch a miraculous catch of fish. And then after sharing some breakfast on the shore that morning, Jesus turns to Peter and he asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was hurt at first that Jesus felt it necessary to ask him that three times. But as we know, and as Peter later realized, that Jesus was echoing the three times that Peter denied him. Jesus is restoring Peter, granting him love and forgiveness, restoration for his betrayal and hope for his future. Jesus is giving Peter life again, life for the future and life for the present. Author Robert Jensen, in his book, Can These Bones Live?, talks about the significance of the resurrection of Jesus. You see, to everyone else besides Jesus, the crucifixion and death of the Messiah on the cross looked like the end. Any hope that they had was gone. They had no clue what Good Friday was supposed to mean in the scope of God's plan of salvation. But God was up to something so important, so fundamental, that it not only changed the course of human history, but of human eternity. And Jensen writes, the difference between a live person and a dead person can be summed up this way. A live person has a future. A dead person does not. Jensen goes on to humorously say that sometimes you hear about people that only want to live for the present, meaning they only want to live just for the present, uh, not thinking about their future at all, but he says really the only way to do that is to be dead. You see, to be alive means to live in the present, yes, but to be in constant relationship with the future because we're always living towards something. There's always something that our lives are aiming towards. Our present, then, is always shaped by our future. And so Jensen states that the people all around Jesus had had their own visions of what the future should look like. The religious leaders, the crowds, even the disciples. They envisioned all sorts of of things they wanted. Some envisioned political power. Some envisioned spiritual power. Still others envisioned glory for their nation or for their people or even for themselves. They envisioned all sorts of things with Jesus. And that became their hope for the future. And so when Jesus died on the cross, then it brought an end to all of it because their present, which couldn't comprehend what was going on, was now shaped by their future, which was only full of death. But what they failed to realize in that moment was that without Jesus, they were already dead. And so his death actually was necessary in order to bring us dead people back to life again. You see, we are by nature dead in our trespasses and sins. Before God intervenes in our lives, we are not alive. And so using Jensen's definition then, that means we have no future by nature. Because of our sin, we are only left to suffer eternal death forever. That's where we would be without Jesus. But God sent Jesus specifically to make us a people who were dead, alive again, and to bring us a hope and a future. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but he did so in our place. He died the death that we deserve. And then he rose again, which proves once and for all that he holds the power over sin and death and everything else that would keep us from being alive. Jesus forgives all of our sins. Jesus gives us eternal life, which means that our present life is now defined by that future life that we know we have with Jesus. Right now, we have been made alive physically and spiritually, both now And forever. That's the difference between Peter and Judas. Peter was able to see a future full of life in Jesus. And again, we don't fully know why in God's wisdom one was preserved to see it and the other not, but we do know for certain what we are to take from that today, what God wants us to see that we may see the importance of encountering the resurrected Lord. Peter is given the opportunity to see Jesus alive, to see him victorious, to know that Jesus does, in fact, forgive his betrayal of Jesus, and that Jesus makes him alive. And so just like Peter, we too have been given the opportunity to encounter our resurrected Lord, and to encounter him means to know him. And to know that we too have been given a future full of life. Now the fallen world in which we live tells us a different story. This world says all the time, live for the moment, live for yourself. This world in various ways is always trying to convince people that they don't need God That the only way to truly live is to move past all the silly notions of God and to embrace whatever it is you want to find within you, whatever that might be. The world will say that sin is actually not all that bad, and we're not really dead without God. So there's no need for forgiveness, and there's definitely no need for a Savior. The world's message today is really no different than when Judas went to the religious leaders as a man who needed help, a man who needed a Savior, And he was told, see to it yourself. That's what the world is telling people all the time. See to it yourself. But that's like living without any hope for the future. And that's the way some people want it. Living only in the present and blocking out everything else. But again, a life without a future means that you're not really alive in the present. Because by definition, to live only in the present means you have no future. And that leaves people dead, physically and spiritually dead. The people who embrace this kind of worldly message have to ignore all the issues that sin and death are constantly creating in our lives, at least for as long as they can, before ultimately they may be driven into despair or utter meaninglessness. But this isn't what God desires, and this isn't how God operates. Instead, God is a God who has entered our world in order to save us from despair and meaninglessness. God doesn't say to us, see to it yourself. No, God says to us, do not be afraid. I have done it for you. Jesus is no longer in the tomb. He is risen just as he has said. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are here today because we know that we are a people who are in desperate need of a future, a future life. Otherwise, we have no present life. We know that left to our own devices, this fallen world and our sin and death would defeat us 100 times out of 100, 1,000 times out of 1,000. But that's precisely why Jesus came. To be the enemy of our enemies. And he has defeated our enemies by his own death and resurrection. And he has given us a future of life. And because of that future, we are now today made alive. We are not only people living in the present. We live in the present, yes. But God is always moving us towards that future of life with him, that future of our own resurrection with Jesus, our life in the new heavens and the new earth, when Jesus will return and all darkness and all death and all despair will be sorted out forever. And we get to live with Jesus and live with those who have put their trust in him. That's the future that defines our present life right now. And that's the joy that we get to take out with us today. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The women were told on that first Easter morning the glorious news that Jesus is alive. And they were supposed to go and tell the disciples so that his disciples could have the opportunity to see Jesus alive as well. And then just in case the women had had any second thoughts, Jesus met them on their way. The risen Jesus appeared to them and said, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. And so that's what they do. Well, today your risen Lord has met you on your way. He is here. He is present in His Word. He is present in His forgiveness of your sins and His absolution. He is present in this meal that we are about to share. He is present with you in every moment of every day, and He has given you a future of life which defines your life right here and right now. And so, having been made alive, we now go and tell. We share this good news with the world, a world that without Jesus has no future, a world that without Jesus is not alive and doesn't even realize it yet. And so we aren't angry at the world for the way it is. We have compassion on them because we realize that without Jesus, we would be the same way. Lost in our sin, lost in despair, lost in death. But it is our joy then to share with others what we know, which is that we have been given a future. A future of forgiveness, a future of love, a future of eternal life with Jesus, a future life that defines our present life right here. That no matter what may happen in our lifetime here on on earth, be it sin or sickness or death, that those things do not define us. Jesus does. And because Jesus is alive, we shall live also. And so we say to the world, come and see. I know that you may be looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here for he has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell others that he is risen from the dead. And Jesus goes before us. He goes before us to give us a hope and a future, a future of life with him. He gives life, life for tomorrow and life for today. And today is all about life. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen.